0: Welcome to the Healthy Me. I'm Trina Felber, registered nurse and CEO of Primal Life Organics. I believe there's a healthy person living in everyone. The Healthy Me is designed to help you call up your healthy self, step out of your comfort zone, shake things up and get results. So let's find and empower your Healthy Me. Welcome to The Healthy Me. I'm really excited about this topic today. Um, I talk a lot about toxins, and I talk about how they enter our body, how our mouth can be the gateway to toxins. But today, my special guest is an expert in talking about how to thrive in this toxic world. So we're going to be talking resilient health, how to thrive in our really toxic world. Um, Dr. Valencia Porter is with me today. Hi, Dr. Porter.
1: Hi, welcome. thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're, <laughs> thank you're, you.
0: You're welcome. Hey guys, let me give you a quick intro um, about Dr. Porter. She is a leader in integrative, preventative, and environmental medicine, combining ancient wisdom traditions such as Ayurvedic med- medicine at- with modern science. For the last decade, she has worked with Dr. Deepak Chopra at the Chopra Center for Well-Being, providing integrative medical con- consultations and teaching health professionals and the community how to achieve total mind, body, spirit health. She passionately advocates for real solutions to the global problems of climate change and pollution, knowing that personal and planetary health are intrin intricately linked. Dr. Porter shares her extensive knowledge about the environment and its role in our health and well-being through her recent book, Resilient Health, How to Thrive in Our Toxic World, a handbook for the toxic age based on her research, clinical experience, guiding patients through the Chopra Center signature detox program and personal healing journey. Dr. Porter received her MD from the University of Southern California and is double-barred board certified in general preventative medicine and integrative medicine with a true integrative practice that combines nutritional medicine, herbal medicine, mind-body medicine, energy medicine, which I love, environmental medicine, Ayurveda, functional medicine, and peak performance. You are busy. Performance (laughs) methods. I can't
1: keep that all straight. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh. I, I tell people I have a certification addiction.
0: <laughs> I can see that. Oh, my God. That's awesome, though. I mean, you can't get any better than that. Herbal medicine, mind, body, energy. I mean, it is. We are we are one being, but there's so many integrated parts. So let's talk about that. Um, how did you become interested in environmental health, and why did you write your book about the resilient health in our toxic world?
1: Yeah, so I started working at the Chopra Center uh, 10 years ago and really was delving into Ayurveda, which is an ancient system of medicine from India um, that really looks at us as, you know, natural beings. What is our nature and how do we relate to nature and how do we respond to nature? So I was always a nature girl, but I was called back to this um, and really exploring like what makes us healthy, what makes us vibrant? Because what I found in my study from Western medicine was that was all about disease and staying in the disease model. And um, I was really frustrated by that. And so I was looking for more. And when I find found Ayurveda, I was like, Oh, my gosh, this is the answer. This is really what we should be learning about. And what we should be teaching our kids and our young people like how to stay healthy, how to prevent illness from actually occurring. But what I found was that, you know, a lot of people were coming to the center with chronic illnesses. And there was a lot of people with allergies, autoimmune illnesses, especially thyroid. I was like, why does everybody have a thyroid issue? What is going on? And so I started really delving deep into what was going on with them and what were the underlying causes? What are the root causes of illness? And found that the environment in a broad term was really at the heart of all of this. So most people think about environment as like our physical environment, what's going on outside our air quality, maybe our food, maybe toxins in our environment. Um, Our food definitely, you know, that was a big wake up call for me that our food was totally toxic. Um, But also I look at the whole system. So toxic thoughts, toxic emotions, you know, because all of those also play a role in our health. That's that's just as damaging. That
0: That is just as damaging when you're thinking toxic thoughts as putting toxic food in inside your body.
1: Totally, totally. So I saw, you know, I live in Southern California. We've got a lot of people doing green cleanses, juice cleanses, lots it's of like woo <laughs> lots of woo-woo over here. Um, but so they were doing that, um, but not addressing other areas of their lives. So they were still slathering on toxic chemicals um in their products, still having those toxic thoughts, toxic relationships, and and so I saw many people who would do these juice cleanse and actually get sick Mm -hmm. from doing a juice cleanse because they were actually releasing toxicity back into their body and not doing it properly. So all of these things were making me like really just delve into the research, like what is true, what is helpful. Um, And then unfortunately I got hit with my own illness. Um, I had was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease, which, uh, yeah, it affected every single system in my body. And so for myself, then I was, you know, when it, when it really hits home, then you're like, Oh, I was researching 24 seven. Like, how do I get better? What's going on in the food, the air, the water, all the products and addressing that uh, mind, body, spirit piece.
0: And I, I totally agree with you. I love that. I love the thought or the, the, the putting it out there that, Western medicine is great, and when you need it in an instance, it's perfect. You need to have that healing modality, something that will get you over the tip of the iceberg or the mountain or whatever you want to look at that moment. But when you get it back, you need to realize if you don't fix the root cause, it's going to be an upward climb again until you peak out and max out your body, and then you fall again. So it's it's thinking forward about health and making some sort of change and it doesn't have to be a drastic change at first it's taking baby steps to create internal health and it's you know related so that you're resilient to the things like you talk about resilient so that you're resilient when things do happen that could create toxicity
1: exactly yeah
0: how does a toxic environment typically impact our health
1: Yeah. So, you know, in my research, I became overwhelmed and quite honestly freaked out. I remember being on a road trip one time and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't eat anything. Um, So that's (laughs) that's why I wrote this book so that people wouldn't freak out. So that would be like a you can take one step. Any one step is going to help pull back that toxic load and will improve your health. So, but toxicity affects us in multiple different ways. And um, for me, food is the base of the pyramid that is so paramount and, you know, looking at what we eat. So not only reducing intake of toxic foods, but also improving our detoxification ability. So, eating more broccoli, eating, you know, those kinds of brassica vegetables, the cabbage family, eating more sulfur containing foods like onions and garlic. Um, so what are the foods and nutrients? Like we need protein to be able to detox. So what do we need in order to be optimal in our health? And then what do we need to take away so they we're not continually filling this Toxic buckets, you know, and different people have different size buckets. So, some people are more susceptible to toxins. Their buckets are very small and can get overflowed, you know, overflow with toxins very easily, whereas other people can have very large buckets. And, you know, like George Burns, he lived till, you know, in his 90s smoking cigarettes and drinking and having an entertainer's lifestyle. He probably had a very big bucket <laughs> to be able to fill.
0: <laughs> right. And and I know you mentioned earlier about how people um, mobilize toxins, but and it's really important. You know, I've talked about how when you're on a weight loss journey and you lose a lot of weight and you end up feeling sick, it's because your fat that you're burning is, has stored toxins. So you can almost have like an overdose, if you will, of toxic waste that re-enters your system. And it's important for your body to be functioning well enough, hydrated well enough, so that you can mobilize those toxins out of the body instead of just mobilize them to another location.
1: Yes, and I talk about a case like that in my book where um, this guy went on a a fasting cleanse, so he lost a lot of weight rapidly. And so those toxins that were stored in his fat got mobilized and he got really ill. He had elevated liver issues. He had this horrible rash that would not go away. You know, he went to multiple doctors like, what is this rash? What can I put on it? Um, But it was the fact that he had released tons of organophosphate pesticides. Ah, into his system. And so all of those levels were elevated. And so we detoxed him, we sported his liver, and all those came down. But some of these toxins actually, and I tell people, detox before you do the weight loss, right? Because some of those toxins actually perpetuate holding on to the weight there. uh, Some toxins are obesogens. So they actually will, you know, alter chemicals in your body to cause you to hold on to weight. And then some people are really sensitive to certain chemicals or certain foods, substances. And the body's response is, you know, they say the solution to pollution is dilution. (laughs) (laughs) And so the body will dilute those toxic pollutants by holding on to more fat, more water. And it's amazing when they get rid of those toxins, you know, People change. drop, they're like, oh my gosh, like right. I dropped weight rapidly. I'm like, there you go. You were toxic.
0: And I just had a conversation. I was not doing a Facebook live this week. And um, one of the uh, people watching was talking about how her, I think it was her daughter or a family member lost 95 pounds and had horrible acne now, never had acne in their life, but now, and I explained how the fat loss can mobilize toxins and come out in your skin. So I suggested that she look for some sort of detox program to help pull those toxins out. Because your skin is a signal to you that there's something internally wrong. And, and the fact that you can lose 95 pounds in a year, you've you've done a lot of mobilizing of toxins. If you haven't removed them, your skin will help try to remove them, but it can show up as acne. So, um, I. I don't know if you have anything else to offer about, like, I know so many people suffer from acne, but is there like a relationship between the toxic world and acne?
1: Yeah, I've seen that for sure. And in Ayurveda, um, the skin is related to the liver. And the blood and the blood system. Mm-hmm. So, by cleaning up, you know, supporting the liver, which is our major detox organ, and cleaning up the blood. So, what are the toxins that are floating around in the blood? People's skin improve. And, you know, it may not be any one certain toxin, it just may be a toxic substance for that person. And so, what I mean is, different people have these different sensitivities. Um, some people are sensitive to certain foods, which may be categorized as good and healthy in general, but for you as an individual, it may not be the right food for you. Uh, for example, soy, <laughs> that's a huge one. Right. Um, and then also different people have different propensities to react to toxic chemicals based on their genes, based on their genome, We have these SNPs or single nucleotide polymorphisms in enzymes that help us detoxify. And so some people may not be able to process certain chemicals and then you end up with a toxic buildup or they process it partway and actually make it worse for themselves. So there are so many different factors that play into this.
0: So what are the main ways we're exposed to toxins from the environment?
1: Yeah. So as I mentioned before, food, 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 Food. because, you know, most of us are eating all day long, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so that's a big input for us. So paying attention to that water and, you know, doing my research, I was just floored at the state of our water. I mean, we saw what happened in Flint, Michigan. Well, that's happening all over the country in terms of lead um, if you remember the movie, Aaron Brockovich oh, from yeah. years ago, that was chromium six, mm-hmm. which is now found in, you know, hundreds of thousands of people's water. It's even in my own municipal water supply. So I have outfitted my house with a double filter system. So both yeah. charcoal and reverse osmosis to get those toxic particles out air. And, uh, so food, water, air, I mean, the simple things, mm-hmm. <laughs> the simple things. And, um, so what many people don't realize is the air inside your home may actually be more toxic than the air outside your home. Oh, we talk no. a lot, Don't yeah. tell me that. No, no I, have air, me. I have an air, I have an air purifier, but what, why, why would that be? Yeah. So all of the things that are in our house that are off gassing. Oh, right. So.
0: Yes. Like your furniture and your, your yeah. carpet.
1: Yeah. So the carpet that's made from synthetic materials, the furniture that's doused with all of these um, flame retardants, which um, in California now they have new regulations to decrease that because they found that it doesn't actually help in terms of the fires. And it actually makes fires more toxic and worse for firefighters, unfortunately, unfortunately. yeah. It's like, okay, what are we doing? <laughs> but you know, your furniture and then it's the dust that comes off of that. So um, those things are cleaning products. So yeah, looking at what we use in the home. So all of these different things, there's um, flame retardants in our computers are the electronics. So, so many different areas where these things uh, come from. And so looking at that indoor air quality, the other thing was when we made our homes more energy efficient, we also made them less able to breathe. <laughs> so, that is very true. The stale air. Yeah. So airing your home out. And then another big thing, which I think is unfortunately going to become a huge problem with all these massive storms that are happening uh, with our climate changing is mold. Right. Um, so a lot of people are exposed to mold. You don't have to see it. It may be hidden behind the uh, wall boards, and mold loves drywall. Mold loves to eat drywall. So it may be hidden in some place that you can't see. It can even be in air ducts, and it's actually quite a a large problem in places where you wouldn't think, like Arizona, which is a desert, because of the air conditioning. So there's that constant drip, drip, drip. Mm. It just takes a little bit of water and a little bit of food, which they, again, they love drywall mm-hmm. um, to create that problem. And, and then that's a really big problem. And unfortunately, Western physicians don't really know about this. Right. You know, that's another reason why I wrote the book was this information was absent from my training. Mm-hmm.
0: And the symptoms of like mold toxicity is very vague. Like you, you're not thinking mold when you start to get the symptoms,
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. So for some people, in, and in my traditional Western medicine hat, you, we think about asthma, mm-hmm. uh, lung issues, maybe sinus, but it really can be a multisystemic issue. It can cause brain fog, fatigue, autoimmune issues, weight gain. Uh, I does, mean, does it typically affect
0: everybody sp- in the house? Or mm-hmm. is it sometimes
1: just one person is affected? Does yeah. So again, that genetic susceptibility. So there is a, a gene type where people cannot handle mold very well. Um, so some someone in the family may be very sick and others totally unaffected.
0: Which makes it even harder sometimes because yeah. you're not looking at an internal, like inside the house. If everybody was sick, you're like, what's going on in the house? But if one person is sick and everybody else is okay, y- you don't necessarily make that connection as easy. Yeah. and Or they may be sick in
1: different ways. Right. Exactly, yeah, have have different type of symptoms. But you know, mold I think will come out as one of those kind of great masquerader issues where it can present in a number of different ways and yeah. affecting people's health.
0: Are there any toxic exposures that you've learned about that have surprised you?
1: Um, so one of the big surprises for me was what are you sleeping on? <laughs> Nobody's going to be able
0: to sleep tonight. Great. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I was really surprised to learn that if, if you have a memory foam mattress, I heard this, that we got rid of our memory foam. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have a memory foam mattress, that's actually off gassing, um, potentially toxic chemicals. And I can see that in your blood. So, wow. or anti-urine. So I run these lab tests and there was this chemical signature that you can see where it's releasing styrene and benzene, which are known carcinogens. So when I was shopping for my own mattress, I was looking to replace it. I called the manufacturer. I was like, can you tell me what's in it? I was concerned about flame retardants at the time. Right. I didn't even know about this whole you know foam factor, uh, what, what's actually in the foam. They wouldn't tell me what was in it. They said, oh, that's proprietary information. And I said, look, I, you know, I'm a health professional. I have chemical sensitivity issues. I need to know. No, won't tell you what. So I'm assuming then the
0: memory foam pillows, too, because I mean, some people just have the memory foam pillows. They don't have the memory foam mattress, but the
1: memory foam pillows would do the same thing, right? They would do the same thing. And it's right next to your head. Right. And, you know, I hope I hope people are sleeping eight hours, you know, about eight hours. So that's like a third of your life that you're spending inhaling these fumes, Um, and so a lot of people, I I always, I'm like, what kind of mattress do you sleep on? And how long, and it's funny, because some people, you can correlate their illness with when they changed to getting that mattress.
0: What about latex? Like, because I know a lot of people will make that switch to the latex, is
1: that? 100% natural, organic latex, that's fine. So that's a good change switch. Alternative, that's a good alternative. Um, but you want to, you know, make sure it's hundred percent natural organic, make sure that it's not sprayed with flame retardants. So, um, wool is a natural flame retardant, but again, you want to look for organic because the wool can be treated with, um, fungicides and pesticides, pesticides and yeah. things, things like that. So really paying attention to like clean bedding. The other kind of gross thing about memory foam is the mold that will grow on it and if <laughs> I didn't hear this one I'm glad I got rid of it <laughs> yeah so if you know if you just google google images memory foam mold you'll see a ton of these images where people discover all the mold you know growing underneath their mattress because it doesn't breathe yeah it doesn't breathe um so not only are they hit by the chemicals they're hit by mold, mold. so yeah I was like
0: oh my gosh I, I think there's going to be a lot of people sleeping on the floor tonight <laughs> Which is good. That's okay. Maybe it's the first day you're going to wake up feeling healthy tomorrow. Something Yeah. yeah. Sleeping well, on the couch.
1: Yeah, and that's another you know question I have. You know, if people have these, I'm like, when you go somewhere else, do you sleep better? Do you feel better? You
0: know, right, right. I know. Yeah, that that is a like if you're sleeping on memory foam and you go on a week vacation and whatever the mattresses you're sleeping on in your hotel and you wake up feeling great every day, maybe that's a signal that
1: what you're sleeping on is making you sick. Yeah, yeah. So you know mattresses are not, uh, inexpensive. Right. So I, I know I personally was like, Oh my gosh, do I really want to spend all this money on a mat? Like, why can't I buy like a $200 mattress, you know? Right. Um, so, but I, what I looked at was this is a big, this is an investment in my health. You know, this is a place where I spend a third of my life. I need to invest in this, you know, especially cause I had a chronic health issue. I was like, I got to get over this. I can't, I can't stay sick. I don't want to stay sick. I want to do everything that I can. You want your
0: energy, that energy. Yeah. I mean, you can't have that energy. If you wake up feeling tired, you, you, you know, and sick, you got to have that energy. It's, I, I, I'm totally with you. Exactly. Yeah. What are some of the top ways to boost your ability to detox and stay healthy?
1: Yeah. So if we look at like, how do we detox? Number one is, you know, the liver is so important in, in our detoxification system. So supporting the liver by eating the foods, like I mentioned before, the brassica family, broccoli, uh, vegetables and cauliflower, bok choy. There's so many different vegetables in this family that hopefully you can find one that you like. Um, And the onion and garlic family as well. And also supporting, making sure you're getting enough protein. So You know, I'm concerned by some of these people who are going on these fasts where they're not getting the protein support to actually make that detox system run and work. And you also need certain micronutrients, vitamins, the B vitamin family and magnesium. So making sure that your nutrition is supported so that you can support your liver, making sure that you're getting enough clean water. So the other Big detox organ is our kidneys. Our kidneys are a major filter, but they need pure, clean water to be able to work and get those toxins out. Uh, we want to exercise, move our body, because the lymphatic system helps to move toxins from the periphery to the central system where they can be you know, processed and, and um, excreted. So we want to move our body for that reason it's also good for us and makes us more strong but also if we sweat so sweating is another big way how we get those toxins out is through sweat so and
0: saunas are amazing the yes. saunas are great we have one yeah. yeah
1: yeah so i yeah i highly recommend using saunas to just you want to sweat
0: profusely and there's a lot of um different, like you you don't have to buy a sauna. I know a lot of people are, you know, they're expensive. Actually, um, Sunlighten has a home unit that you can just lay down in. Like it's a one person. It's not as expensive as the big units that you walk into and sit in. And, um, or I've told people before, like there's a health place near me and some gyms or um, doctor's offices have them. So look around to go do a sauna treatment on yourself and see how you feel and do it once a week. And then decide whether it's worth an investment and how much of an investment you'd want to make, how you know who would use it in your family. but saunas are great.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think more more of those places are popping up where you can just go and and do sauna sessions because it is valuable. It's necessary. We need to sweat. And so if you're not sweating through exercise and some people don't sweat very much, they need a lot to be able to sweat. But um, especially the infrared, it gets you to sweat faster. So you're not in there as long and um, you sweat at a lower temperature. So look for infrared. I love
0: the infrared because the infrared actually um, penetrates into your tissues. So it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What else can we do to help heal our
1: environment? Yeah. So, you know, part of what I address in the book is this overall consciousness. So really being mindful. Uh, I think many of us get into our habits and our routines and we just kind of go along and we're like, okay, this is all good. And one of the big eye openers for me was, you know, I thought because it was in the marketplace, it was safe. Mm-hmm. Right. Ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's nobody looking out for for you other than you.
0: I, really. I, I, I am totally with you. We have been brainwashed into believing that if it's out there, it's okay to use and it's safe. And it's simply not true. You have
1: to do your homework. Yeah. Yeah. So like all the products that we put on ourselves, you know, the average person uses 12 products with over a hundred different ingredients a day. So there are great resources like the environmental working group mm-hmm. where you can type in your product. And if it's not there, you can type in the ingredients so mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, is it okay or not? And you know, what alternatives there are. So really just paying attention to What is it that we're doing? What are we consuming? What are we putting on our body and making those mindful choices for ourselves? So those will, as those trickle out, that will help with the whole global environment. And right now, I think a couple of days ago, there was an article out that came out about how um, there's plastic in our poop. (laughs) Have you seen that one? Well, no, but uh, that
0: doesn't surprise me because you know what? I mean, this is my area of expertise. Anybody that's new to the Healthy Me, if you're just listening for the first time or you don't know, I'm the CEO. I own Primal Life Organic, So this is my expertise for natural skincare. We rate zero on EWG website for ours, but um, I'm the big dental guru. I love dental health, but there's plastic in toothpaste too, like the little beads
1: Microbeads. The
0: microbeads, micro yeah. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me how they're getting into our system. Um, could be your toothpaste or foods, even.
1: Foods. It's in the foods. It's in uh, water. It's in our water. We're so. Yeah. Plastic. That's awesome. I know. So this just came, you know, it's all over the news now. Um, so I think people need to, this kind of news, this kind of awareness, be like, oh, well, what are we doing? Why are we using styrofoam that then gets into our water system? Why are we using this plastic that could leach into my food? Um, and so, you know, I've been thinking about this and, you know, we think about envir- our environment and climate change and we focus on the fossil fuel industry and, and transportation, but it's really everything because where do these plastics come from? Plastics are derived from fossil fuel. They're de- derived from petroleum products. So if we you know, switch our plastics, that will also help there. If we switch how we eat, so if we lead towards a more plant-based diet, that actually reduces fossil fuel and helps with climate change. So really being mindful and going back to this kind of Ayurvedic lifestyle, which promotes healthy living, which keeps you in balance and in harmony with yourself and with nature, improves not only your health but the health of everything around you your environment the people around you you know you, you notice this trickle down effect so um you know the, my aim of the book is to help people as individuals but if we take these steps to help ourselves we're also helping the whole world really
0: awesome um thank you for joining us dr porter you have your book resilient health um and i know you're um You were so generous to offer us a download of um, one or two chapters so people can check it out. So we'll have the link. If anybody's watching this or listening to this, it'll be in the copy. Um, So you'll be able to get the ability to download the um, part of the book to, you know, it's such a great topic. Everyone needs to become more resilient because like you said, we are bombarded and you can't control the environment sometimes around you. There's some things you can, but you can't control everything. So you want to make yourself resilient so that the things that come into your body can be flushed out or neutralized or whatever, detoxified to keep yourself healthy healthy. And safe. So how how
1: else can they find you? Your website? Yeah, so I'm at valenciaporter.com. And uh, the book also is resilienthealthbook.com. And I'm on social media as vportermd.
0: Oh, thanks, Dr. Porter. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to come and talk to us about this because this is a topic that's
1: not going away. Yes, yes, unfortunately. So yeah, thank you for getting the word out. I just want everybody to be resilient and stay healthy. Awesome, thank you very much. Okay, guys,
0: thanks for joining me on The Healthy Me. Have an amazing, healthy day. Trina here, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the Healthy Me podcast and be sure to rate it and review it on iTunes or wherever you're listening. You can like the Healthy Me Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at thehealthyme_com. Remember, the info on the Healthy Me podcast is not to be taken as medical advice. You should always talk with your doctors before trying anything we discuss. Until next time, live in your Healthy Me.